So we've been going through a sermon series called Pure Gold. Pure Gold. We've been going through the book of Proverbs and what Proverbs has to say. Today, more than ever before, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of fool's gold being talked about, taught, preached. And more than ever before, I really believe as a church, as followers of Jesus Christ, that's who we sing to, that's who we believe in. We believe in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. At that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess because he is the Lord. There's no one like him. There's no name that can never match his name. He died on a cross for me 2,000 years ago for you when you were lost, when you were a sinner, when you couldn't do it for yourself. This is the Jesus that we sing about, the one that loves you deeply, that cares for you, that puts you in your mother's womb, that created you, that knit you, that knows every hair on your head. I'm going to preach this morning. Because some people in this room this morning, I really sense it. You know this. I know Jesus loves me. But today I pray that you radically meet Jesus face to face today. That you, that you experience his supernatural love. No one has ever died for me the way Jesus died for me. No one gave up his perfectness so that he could take on my sin. Nobody. When I experience the goodness of Jesus, I say it often, I didn't want to taste anything else. When I tasted, I tasted all of the world, all of it. And when I tasted the goodness and the pureness of Jesus Christ, it changed my life. And today, I believe more than ever, this is what's going to happen. Freedom is going to be found in this place in Jesus' name. And we've been going through this sermon series where we're saying, hey, listen, this world offers so much. It's throwing so much at you, but it's fool's gold. There's pureness in the kingdom of God. There's health. There's vibrancy. There's life. There's joy never ending. Joy unspeakable. Peace that surpasses all understanding. I believe this about the kingdom of God. And this is what we've been discovering. Last week we discovered the power of our tongue. The words we speak. How many of you were challenged this week in that? <laughs> like five minutes after I walked out of church preaching that message, I had the opportunity just to woo -hoo -hoo -hoo. And the Lord said, JP, you just got done preaching. Just do this, right? Seal your lips. Let every word that comes out of our mouth be life-giving, full of life, full of joy, full of peace. Amen? And the only way that we can do any of these things that we are discovering in the book of Proverbs is by the fear of the Lord, a reverency, a reverent fear, an awe. Can we say that? An awe of who God is. Awe. I really believe this. And we're going to jump into today's message. My prayer for this church, for this city is that we would be in awe of how God is working. We would be in awe of what Jesus has done for our lives. That we would never lose it. See, this is what happens in the church and in church people and church kids. I'm a church kid. I'm a pastor's kid. Like third generations, pray for a brother. Right? Please. But what I want to and I, what I desire for you is that you never lose the awe of God. You never lose the wonder of how good God is. Step outside, see the beauty, see every single, look to the person next to you from the right to the left. Jesus created them. Isn't that crazy? We're breathing. Did you ever think about this? <laughs> we are physically breathing right now. That's how we're operating. We're thinking thoughts. We're doing things. We're having abilities and skills that are not even of our own. That's crazy. It's all because of Jesus. So I want us to never lose the wonder of how good our God is. He's so good. Hey, let me tell you something. Some of you in the room, you're doubting this right now. I feel it. I believe it. I'm going to say something to you. He loves you. He loves you dearly. He is for you, and he is not against you. He is in front of you. He is behind you. He has the best still yet to come for your life, and I believe it in Jesus' name. So today I titled this message, Pure Gold, Avoiding the Fall. Avoiding the Fall. I've gone through the process of how gold is discovered. 
It's a pretty intensive, crazy process. You know, there's a lot of different things that encompass that. You know, there's things such as gold is one of the most shapeable, moldable metals out there. It is, it is it's easily moldable. We as people are easily shapeable and moldable, right? In the pureness of gold, we want it to be molded correctly in our minds, right? When they go to find gold, gold is surrounded by a bunch of other things surrounding it. It's not just, wow, there's gold. Look at that. That's awesome, right? No, they have to go looking for it. And when they look for it, it's covered in other things. Guess what needs to happen as people, as followers of Jesus Christ? We need to get through all the junk. We need to search for it. We need to find it. We need to go after it. And when we go after it, we're going to find pureness of gold. The other cool thing is, is that they put it, it's most likely found in caves most of the time. And to get it out of the caves, you know how they do it? They blow it up. <laughs> they blow that thing up. They put some dynamite in there, light that thing, and that thing blows up. My prayer has been that the Holy Spirit would blow up any religious thoughts in our minds, anything that we think about Jesus that does not live according to the wisdom of this world would just be blown up in us, and we would have wisdom and insight from the kingdom of God, right? And then the temperature of it to make it gold. Gold, that, that is, it's, when it's pure, it falls to the bottom of a very, very hot, hot stove, <laughs> right? And it stays in the fire. And all the nasty stuff, all the junk, all the garbage, it rises to the surface. You know what I'm believing? That you would stay in the fight. You would stay in the fire. You would not give up. And as you stay in that fire, God's going to make you so pure, so holy, so right, that the things of God are going to stay in and the things that don't belong are going to come to the surface. So today, avoiding the fall, I want to share two powerful scriptures. First found in the Old Testament and second found in the New Testament. Both dealing with an issue that we need to overcome Constantly. We, everyone say we. We are all on the same page here this morning. At the, foot of, at the feet of Jesus, everyone's equal. Hello. Nobody's in this room like, I've already overcome this. I've, I've, the Lord is good. Right? I just say, that's not true today. We're all in this together. We're all on the same page. But let me say this. What we are covering today, we all need to be encouraged in, changed in, challenged in, and allow the Holy Spirit to overcome it with us. And today what we're covering is the issue of pride. 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 It's in us all. It's, it, it's throughout Scripture. It's talked about constantly throughout Scripture. If you are a follower of Jesus or this is your first time in church and you're wondering how you got here, you don't know how you got here because you were promised lunch right after this, you're here. Welcome to church. We're so glad you have us. But we all, no matter if you know Jesus, love Jesus, or don't, we're praying that you're going to by the end of this. We all have issues of pride. Right? Who's in this boat together? If you don't lift your hand, I'm judging you right now. Kidding. Kind of. Actually really serious. Because it just showed my point. <laughs> Love you all. The issue of pride. What is pride? It's a high opinion of one's own superiority in talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or an elevation in an office. Pride is defined as simply arrogance. Ah, I don't like that word. Anybody like that word? Ah. I'm not arrogant. If you have pride, JP, when you are prideful, you're acting in arrogance. It is thinking of yourself as important, as, as someone that has a high position. It's being proud of self, right? Today more than ever, the arrows are pointing inward. It's me, it's me, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all what I can have, it's all what I can get. Instead of the arrows pointing out to, it's all about everybody else around you. Pride, though, points inward. Pride is an attitude, it's a spirit. Pride isn't just when people think they are the stuff. Right? Can I say this? Can I be honest? Pride isn't just when you think you're good and you're cool and you've got a high thinking of yourself. You know what pride also is? Is when you think of yourself too low the way that Jesus doesn't see you. Hello. Yeah, that'll preach. 
Pride is when you say, man, I'm just, I'm just not worthy of anything. I'm just not va- I don't have anything to offer. Because what it's laced in is insecurity. And what is insecurity? Pride. Because you're not going to the one that created you. You're not sitting before the feet of Jesus saying, hey, I don't feel this good about myself. I don't feel like I have anything to offer. And he's screaming for you to come to him and say, no, you got so much to offer. I put things in you that I didn't put in anybody else except you and you alone. So guess what? You don't need to have a high opinion of yourself. You don't need to have a low opinion. Just be in tune with my spirit so that I can use you. I haven't even got the scripture yet. It's because Rachel's not in here to give me the look. Like Pride. You know what pride does? Its main goal? It's to undermine God's purpose. It's to derail God's plan. And it's to destroy God's people. Pride will destroy us. Pride will destroy us. It was what sent Lucifer, Satan, out of heaven. It's the same thing that he used to get Adam and Eve to fall. Pride. Pride. Some two, two quotes that I, I absolutely love. C.S. Lewis, he says this, A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you can't see something that is above you. The second thing is this, pride must die in you, in us, in JP. Everyone just put your name where it says you. Pride must die in JP, or nothing of heaven can live in JP. It's powerful. It's hard. This is a heavy, woo, <laughs> We love you. I'm going to say this as much with a smile as possible today. But this is a real thing that is just seeping into people. It's all across this nation. It's all across this world. It's all across churches today. Pride is ugly. It's ugly. Well, let's read these two verses today and be encouraged in the Lord. Amen? (laughs) Amen. The first is this, Proverbs 3, 34. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. James 4, 6. Many of you know this. This is constantly said in Scripture. This piece of Scripture is said multiple times in Scripture. You think there's a reason? I think so. They're trying to get it to us a lot, right? James 4, 6. But he, speaking of Jesus and God, he gives more grace. Anybody thankful that Jesus gives more grace? Every day I'm thankful for more grace. Three hands went up. We're going to have a Bible study on grace. I am thankful that there is more grace with Jesus every single day. Therefore, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, Father, these are your words. I pray today as we dive into this, God, that God, this would be just a message from heaven. God, that you would speak to people right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that our hearts would be pure Our hearts would be holy. Our hearts would not be filled with pride. Our hearts would not be filled with anything that is not of you, God. Have your way. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I asked Slack to just play because it just sounds so much better, right? Stop stop playing for a sec. Just stop playing. See, now i got to preach like this. It doesn't sound. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know. So if I'm going to preach on a message about pride, I might as well make it sound a little bit better and kinder. (laughs) Right? There was a time, uh, I remember this very clearly. I was about 12 years old, and um, I told you a story about how my dad, we said, my brother and I said that we were bored one summer, right? And we ended up the next morning to a a truckload of wood, right, and plywood. Not at the driveway, but at the end of almost our driveway, and we had to carry it, and we had to build a shed because we said we were bored one summer, right? 
My dad's awesome. <laughs> uh, he's crazy. Um, but <laughs> as I was thinking about this, has anybody ever told you, hey, don't do this or don't do that, or hey, trying to give you advice and you were too proud to take it? My hand's up. Constant story of my life. I got to get it. I got to get hurt before I realize that what they're telling me is true. Right? And so we built this shed, and it was connected to my parents' garage. And, and from my garage, we could jump to the pool. It's a long jump. Right? Uh, and so my mom found me one day on the shed and making my way up to the roof. And she said, JP, you're going to fall. Don't do this. I said, Mom, I'm 12. I'm my own man. I know what I'm doing. She's like, you don't pay any bills here. Those clothes are not your clothes. And she's like, you ain't the man. I was like, yeah, you're right. I came down from there. But how many of you know I went right back up that thing when she, told, when she went away, right? And as I went up there and I began to sit on top of the roof, I did not have shoes on, but stupid me brought a towel up there with me, right? So I sit on the towel. And this is a, 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 this kind of roof, not a flat roof, this kind of roof. And I'm sitting up there and I'm looking around. I'm thinking, I'm the man. And next thing I know is God is my witness. I slip. I take a step and I just start going. You're trying to grab shingles. I'm trying to do everything I can. And I land face down on the ground. Have any of you had the wind knocked out of you? Not a fun experience at all. You know when you're really like the real wind is like you're like. Uh, uh, uh. I was laying there for like three minutes. It felt like just. She comes running out because she heard the thud, right? She heard it. She's standing over me like, what did you do? I said, Mom, I didn't listen to you. I was too prideful. I thought I could do this. She said, I told you you were going to fall. I told you you were going to fall. What are you doing? She says, lean over and start breathing. Thank goodness for mothers, right, that they know what to do, right? I'm so thankful for my mom. I was breathing. I was alive. I was well. How many of you know? <laughs> I wanted to go back up on that roof again, but I took her advice, never did it. Today, I believe that scripture is screaming. Scripture is screaming. When so something is said multiple times in scripture, I really believe Jesus and the Heavenly Father wrote it with like exclamation points after it. Like this is a big deal. What we're talking about today matters. What is in us, pride that arises in us, will hurt us, will destroy us, will keep us from what God has for us. And today I want to encourage us to not fall. Don't fall for it. When we live with pride, we actually sabotage our relationship with Jesus. We are held back from his freedom. We, we, are, we are missing out on the kingdom of God's favor on our lives. Can I say that? Because I'm going to preach on it. And above all, there's an antidote to this that we're going to get to. And it's walking in humility. I believe we can have pure gold in this, and I believe that we can no longer fall to this. We need the strength of the Holy Spirit day in and day out. Amen? We need the grace of God day in and day out to see this not be in us, to let this go and let God be God. The first thing is this. Pride sabotages our intimacy with Jesus. Sabotages it, right? I love the movie Home Alone. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. My wife never seen it. She never, what, Mom, Dad, what happened? I don't know. When we first got married, it was Christmas time, right? I was like, we're watching our favorite movie. She was like, Elf, and I was like, Home Alone. She's like, I've never seen Home Alone. I started crying. <laughs> She's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, how have you never seen a Home Alone, right? It's a great movie. It's, a it's an American classic. 
But I love the storyline. I love the, the plot. I love the twist. And I love especially when the action starts to happen, right? The house. You've all seen Home Alone, right? And you watch as this little boy sets up all these different things to sabotage their attempts to get into the house. Right? They, 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 they heat up the doorknob. They put uh, ornaments at the window. They, they ice, he ices the stairs. They do all these things that are just the iron. Who thinks of that? Right? Falls straight on the guy's face. Every time I'm like, oh, he's going to get it. <laughs> Seen it a hundred times. He's going to get it. Here it comes. Yes. This is like, the, 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 I love this movie. The second one, the rest of them is not cool. That one is awesome, right? He sabotaged every entry point, and he continued to. He cut the line when they got in the house. They hit the brick. They fell down. It's hysterical. And I, I watch that movie all the time, and I, and I thought, man, this is how pride acts. It keeps us from getting in to the presence of God sometimes. It, it sabotages our intimacy with God. See, you don't see when a sabotage is about to happen, right? And that's a good sabotage. You don't see when, a, when something is set up, right? You don't see it. A sabotage is deliberately a thing to destroy, to damage, or to obstruct you from getting to somewhere or something. Right? And I think pride masks itself. Pride shows up in all different ways, right? It's not just people like, I know it all, I'm better. No, pride, can I be honest, shows up in every form and every area of our lives. Truthfully. I, I'm with you in this. This is just the nature of it. it. It tries to sabotage our walk with Jesus Christ. It says, hey, do this, and if you step and do this, if you act this way, if you do this thing, you're going to have intimacy. It's not the truth. Jesus is saying, hey, don't fall like the people of this world. Don't fall victim to pride. Don't fall to a higher elevated position of yourself. Come over to me and sit at my feet. And let's have some deep talks. Let's have some deep, you know, intimacy is a weird word with Jesus. Can I be honest? I, didn't, I was like, intimacy with Jesus? That sounds weird. I'm, you know, like, what? I'm a man. But you know what I found to be true? That when I'm close to the Father, when I'm next to him, when I'm in his presence, there's nothing greater. No, there's, no, guys, truthfully, there's nothing better. There's no drug. There's no high. There's no drink. There's no girl. There's no nothing. Nothing could ever touch an intimate moment with Jesus Christ. It's so good. But pride keeps you from that intimacy. It keeps you from going into the holies of holies. It keeps you from crying out to Jesus. It keeps you from saying, hey, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want to get close to you. It sabotages you. It puts, it puts a mask on us. People lose out on the call of God all the time on their lives. I didn't say heaven. I didn't say salvation. I just say the call. Right? Catch that. Please, everybody hear me. God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. But we miss out on what God's called us all the time because our pride raises up in us. What? Well, I'm not going to do that, God. That's not cool. Cool? Building the kingdom of God is the coolest thing in the world. So when he calls you to do something, just do it. Well, I'm not equipped for that, God. Pride. Because guess what? You aren't. <laughs> We're not. Amen? We're, we're never going to be equipped to do it. We're never going to be able to do it in our own merit, what he's called us to do. But guess what? His grace is sufficient for us. His grace gives us the strength to do it. So guess what? Okay, God, you're calling me to do this, and I want to do this. I don't want my pride to get in the way. 
I don't know my arrogance is a good way. You know what pride does? It keeps you from going face-to-face with Jesus. I think about an analogy in the Bible, and I hope this makes sense. I think about the Pharisees, right? They're the religious leaders of the time when Jesus is on earth. They're the guys that know it all, know the word. They know the Old Testament of Scripture. They know it in and out. They're the, the brainiacs of the time. Can I just say this in one moment? Knowledge puffs up. Scripture says it. Knowledge puffs you up, but love, but love, but Jesus keeps you low. You may know it all. You may know this book in and out better than the preacher. I've heard people say that to me, and I bless them. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with that. Get to know this word. Get to discover this word. But when it just becomes knowledge, it's nothing. There's no power. This is a power book. Right? And the Pharisees, they're walking on earth while Jesus is there, the one that they've heard about. Jesus shows up to them. He's on the scene, right? He's there. Think of that. Jesus, the one that's healing people. He's delivering people. He's giving sight to the blind. He's feeding 15,000 people. It's crazy, right? Just me. And they're there with him. And they're watching him. And they're seeing him do all this stuff. But their pride, you want to know what I believe? Their pride keeps them from going at the feet of Jesus. Hey, this is the guy that you guys talk about all the time. He's here. No, he's not. This isn't him. No way. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. We know better. We know better. No, no, no. He wants to have uh, an encounter with you. He wants to meet you. He wants to be there with you. No, that's not, this is not right. See, this is what we do all the time. Jesus is trying to draw you closer and closer. Nope, can't, not time. It's not my time yet. It's not right. I'm not ready for this. I don't want to change anything. I don't want to get, give up anything. I don't want to let go of the things of this world. I'd rather just keep doing what I'm doing. Cool. You know what? It's called pride. Because love tears down pride. But I think pride sabotages our relationship all of the time. Pure gold doesn't think of himself too highly. It doesn't look to fill the void of insecurity with our own abilities. That's what pride does. It tries to fill your void of insecurities by yourself. Jesus is the only one that's going to fill those insecurities. He's the only one that's going to fill the voids. And pride keeps you from that. The second thing is this. Pride withholds freedom. How many of you know and believe that God never wants to withhold any good gifts from his children? My hand's up. He never wants to withhold any good gifts and anything from his children. I truly believe that. No matter what you've walked through, no matter what you've done, it's the fallen nature of mankind. But God never wants to withhold his gifts from his children. Never. His word says it. I stand on his word. His word does not return void. So I believe that. But pride is what keeps us from receiving those good gifts. Pride is what holds us back from freedom. In my life, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> Rachel and I have gotten into a little disagreement. You fight as pastors? We don't fight. We just have disagreements. <laughs> but there's moments where we're, we're so passionate about something that we begin to have a very passionate discussion. And I know that right away, right away, she is not wrong, and I totally am. All the time. <laughs> Story of my life. I know it right away. But I'm... You know, I'm just not going to give up that easy. <laughs> just not. People are laughing because they've been, I'm just not going to give up that easy, right? No way. I'm the man. <laughs> and 
And there's many moments in the conversations when it's going back and forth, and we're there, and we're talking, and we're discussing, and we're passionate, that I'm going, JP, shut up! Just apologize, <laughs> right? You ever been there, man? We've been there. Yeah, we'll pray for each other after this. The rest of y'all are, man, I need to get around you. I need to know you better. But there's so many times in my life, in my relationship with Rachel, that I just know what I'm doing right now. I just should stop and just say, I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry. And we could have a lot of freedom in our relationship. We could just let it go and just move forward in the day. But now the day's turned into an hour, two hours. And I'm sitting there like, "Mm, I'm not saying sorry today. Not today. This is the day that this is it, right? This is it. I'm laying my foot. No. What? It's not right. It's not pure. It's not good. It's not godly. And I can't tell you how many times, if I just said sorry, if I just laid my pride down, how quick that would be resolved. How fast we would be able to go and move in our day and do things. Anybody relate with this? There's many times in our lives where if we just laid our pride down, we could have the freedom to do what God's called us to do day in and day out. But pride keeps us from Jesus. Pride flares up when we know that we want to be right and they're wrong. Guess what? Who cares if you're right? We're called to be people that reconcile with each other. So who cares? JP, who cares? I don't need to be right. God's right. I don't need to have my way. I want God's way. And what pride does, it says, no, JP, have your way. No, JP, do your things. No, X person, do this. No, do that. No, do that. No, it's God's way and his plan. I want to be a part of the God plan more than I want to be a part of anything else. And pride withholds freedom. Proverbs 3, 7 through 8 says this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Proverbs 29, 23. This is all throughout scripture. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. Pride 11, 2. When pride comes, then comes dishonor. But with the humble is wisdom. When you are walking in pride, you are missing out on honor, refreshment, healing, deliverance, and being elevated by God in his kingdom. How many want to be refreshed? How many want to be renewed? How many want to walk in freedom? How many want to walk in the spirit of God? How many want to walk in the abundance of his riches? How many want to walk that knowing he has a good plan in store for us? How many want to walk and talk and be in the presence of Jesus? But pride, being pride in our own eyes, being prideful in our own thoughts, being prideful in our own ways. This is me. I know what I'm doing. How's that working out for you? Because people say, I know what I'm doing, Pastor. Really? Because I see what's happening. I see the fruit of what you're doing. And it doesn't seem to be working out that well for you. But, hey, brother, I'll pray for you. I don't know what that was. But this is what happens. Pride keeps you from walking in the freedom of the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross paid for it. And it has called us to say, hey, listen, don't walk in pride. Walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Even Mary, Jesus' mother, says it right before he's born. Hey, listen, he's going to perform many mighty deeds with his arms, but he's going to scatter those who have a prideful thought even. Wow. This is a real thing. Holy Spirit, deliver us from pride today. We want freedom in this place. You've been walking in change. You've been walking in bondage. You haven't been walking in freedom. Maybe, just maybe, it's because your pride hasn't been laid down. Just maybe. The third thing is this, and I'm hurrying. Pride withholds favor from our lives. Pride keeps you from experiencing not only freedom, but receiving the favor of God on your life. I'm going to teach this very quickly. 
right? This is a very important thing of the kingdom. Favor of God is a real thing. It's not just a TV guy telling you you'll have the favor of God on your lives, right? This is a real biblical thing. I believe in the favor of God. I believe walking in favor. I believe living in favor. I believe acting in favor. I believe this to be true by his word. Favor of God is a real biblical principle, okay? It doesn't mean that you're going to have your bank account loaded up with money. It doesn't mean that you're going to have the biggest house in the world. But what it does mean is that you're going to walk in the abundant life. You're going to walk in the full life. You're going to walk in the inheritance that is yours. See, earthly favor and kingdom favor are two different things. You could be walking in earthly success, but you are missing out on a heavenly outpouring on your lives. Man, I said that. I wrote that, and I was like, I stopped dead in my tracks. I remember I stopped, and I was like, I don't want to miss out on a heavenly outpouring on my life. He created the stars. He created the trees. He created the flowers of the earth. He spoke these things in creation. He created the mountains. He just created people. He's created, like, man, can you imagine heaven? Imagine the gifts that he has for us. And my pride keeps me from it. I don't want to miss out on a heavenly outpouring. This doesn't mean, when I say pride withholds favor, this doesn't mean that God loves you any less or anymore. Hear me. I didn't say he doesn't love you. Pride keeps you from his love. It just keeps you from the favor of God. Catch that? Everyone with me on that. God will love you just as much as 10,000 years from now. But his favor operates differently. We are called to steward the favor that has been placed on our lives. And the way that we're called to steward it, you know what stewarding means? Work it, live it, breathe it out. When we're called to steward the favor, it's by how our pride is and where our pride isn't. Our favor that has been placed, each and every one of you, I te- taught this to the interns, just side note, it, no matter if you've been given one talent or five talents, you've been given a talent. It doesn't matter. Stop the comparison game. I don't have the talents they have. I don't have the talent. Who cares? You have a talent. You have a calling. You have something in you that nobody else has. I've said it today already. You have it in you. So steward it well. And as you steward even one talent, watch the favor of heaven pour out on you. Man, I want to be one guy, even if I have one talent, I want to use that talent until I'm dead. And I want to take that talent, I want to blow up the city of Chicago and use it in a mighty way. I want to reach people, I want to tell people about Jesus. I don't physically want to blow up the city. Some of you are like, poor word choice. But God's grace is different from God's favor. Favor, you know what it is? It's a part of your inheritance. It's a part of your inheritance from the kingdom of God. But it's shifted upon our obedience. And what pride tells you is, you don't got to obey here. You don't got to do this. You don't got to do that. Pride tries to shift you from your inheritance of God's favor. Scripture talks about it all the time. I want us to be people that let go of pride and let, let go of the, and be a part of the presence. You know what happens when you let go of pride? You get in the presence. The presence of God. The presence that changes you, the presence that restores you, the presence that is sweet, the presence that is good. I love today's worship. Yeah, we didn't have drums, we didn't have bass, we didn't have all the stuff we normally have, but guess what? God's presence was in the room. It's still in the room. And it's so good. I have to hurry. Last thing is this, and Jordan can come up. Let me say this too real quick. We don't obey God to receive favor. Okay? Well, if I walk out of here and I just obey God, I'm going to get the favor of God, right? That's the wrong heart. That's pride. What you do is you say, Jesus, you saved me. You died for me. You've done enough for me. 
So in that, I've already received everything. I don't need anything else. See, that's got to be the heart posture. The favor of God, we want it to flow. We want it to reach. We want it to touch you. But you don't act in obedience to get the favor. You act in obedience because Jesus died on a cross for you 2,000 years ago and saved your life and bought your life with a ransom, his own blood and his own body. That's why you walk then in obedience. Don't get it twisted, y'all. Don't. Don't. Please don't twist that. Don't walk out of here and say, if I'm obedient, I'm just going to get the favor of heaven. And then come back here in a month and be like, I didn't get the favor. Because I'm going to say the same thing I just said. It's not about getting the favor. It's about getting Jesus in his presence. The final thing is this. This is the good news. We've seen what pride does to us, right? A couple things. This is the good news. Pride has one alternative, one antidote, humility. I say it often, the antidote for selfishness. And here I say to our leaders all the time, the antidote for selfishness is serving. Serving. When you serve, you break selfishness in you. Some of you all need to hear that today. Selfishness in you, serve somebody. Serve something. Do something that you would never do before. Serve in a way that you never thought before. Well, the antidote for pride is humility. The kingdom of God tells us, calls us, and commands us to walk in humility. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And, of course, as long as you are looking down, the quote says, you cannot see something that is above you. See, pride keeps you high. Humility keeps you low. When you're high, all you can see is down, and all you do is look down upon people. You, you condemn people. You tell people how much better you are than them. You make yourself elevated in a position that you shouldn't be doing. You make yourself feel more important than what you really are. Pride does that to us. Pride says, hey, I'm the man. I'm the woman. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. And Jesus says, uh-uh. The way you break that, walk in humility. See, humility looks up. I want my shoulders. I'm a young leader, right? I'm a young pastor. But I want people to stand on my shoulders for years to come. If I never get any credit for anything, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Totally good. Because guess what? I'm going to get before God one day in heaven, and he's going to say, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's all I want to hear. See, but we want, we want prideful spirits of tell me how good I'm doing. We celebrate. We believe in that. We do all that stuff. But guess what? Some of us just need to get a posture where we're like, hey, I don't need to be... Just, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, can I tell you something? Can I, can I help you? I don't, need to, I don't need to be elevated. I don't need anybody to tell me how good I am. I don't need to, to, to look down upon people. I don't need to condemn people. I don't need to make myself feel more important so that other people will see how cool and good I am. They'll know how talented I am. If they, if they only knew how talented I was, right? If they only knew my gifting. No, Jesus, you've called me to be a person of humility, not false humility, not false humility. That's not cool either. But, hey, Jesus, you've, you've put this in me. You've called us to be this way. So I'm going to sit at your feet. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to hear from you. I'm going to learn from you. I want to be humbled in my ways. I want to walk in humility. I don't want pride in my life. I don't need pride in my life. It's destroying me. It's killing me. I need the antidote, which is humility. Guess what? If nobody ever elevates you, Jesus elevates you on his cross. Hello. When he died on that cross, what he had was you in mind. He pulled you up and he said, I'm going to elevate my child. I'm going to give my child freedom beyond anything else they could ever imagine, beyond any other hope they could ever imagine. I want to see the kingdom of God coming alive in our lives. To close, get low. Get low. That's a question and that's also a, a statement today. Do you want? To be a person of humility.
Do you want to say, hey, I, I, I don't have it all together. I don't know what to do. I don't have it all figured out. I don't need to have all the answers. What I need is Jesus today. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next week holds. But I know today Jesus is holding me. And in that, you get a humble spirit. A humble spirit that's before the Lord is a beautiful spirit. A spirit of God, use me. Take me to places in space I could never imagine. But God, above all else, I just want you and you alone. I don't want pride. Rip pride out of me. Take it out of me. Remove it in Jesus' name. Cast it out. I don't want anything that is in me that is not of your kingdom. Pride is not of the kingdom. The world will scream it. The world will tell you. The world will just beckon you to say, be prideful. Do what you've called to do. Be the person that you think you should be. No, Jesus is saying, whoa, be low. And watch me take you and carry you in places. Why don't you bow your head? I'm going to ask the prayer team to make their way up here too today. Right now. But every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to have a moment. I want you to ask, just ask them, God, where's their pride in my life? And, and when asking him, say, God, if you believe it, if you want it, God, remove it. Remove it from me right now. I want a pure heart. I want a pure spirit. I want a pure mind. God, if there's pride in me and my relationships, if there's pride in me and my workplace, if there's pride in my spirit, that does God remove it? Ask him. So, Heavenly Father, today, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in you there's life and life abundant. We thank you that, Jesus, you gave up everything. You showed us what humility is in the greatest way, by pouring out your love on a cross for us. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that that message, that hope, that truth will come alive in people's hearts right now. God, I pray that you'll just remove pride in our hearts, in the deepest places of our hearts, oh God. God, where there is prideful spirits, prideful thoughts, prideful actions, oh God. God, just break it in us, God. We lay it at your feet, oh God. We ask that, God, you would raise us up the way you called us to be. That you would speak the things into our hearts that you want us to do, oh God. God, we want to be people of humility. We want to be people that get low, God, so that you could be lifted high in our lives, oh God. God, so I just speak that over each and every person in Jesus' name today, God. God, I ask that they would get low and you would get lifted, oh God. God, that they would see you, God, that they would look to you, that they would lean into your presence, oh God. God, that they would find hope. They would find life. They would find truth in you, oh God. So, Father, we thank Thank you, God, that there is pure gold in you, God, that there is goodness and grace in you, Jesus. So, Father, we're going to praise you. We're going to worship you. We're going to honor you. We're going to bless you in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand to your feet?